Hey y'all, hey, welcome to another episode of the Doula Road Trip Podcast. I'm super excited because we have returning guest Amelia Roberts and she was on the podcast previously and we really dived into collaboration. We talked about networking, we talked about like building an ecosystem. And so I'll link that episode in the description in case you haven't seen it or listened to it yet because we are 100 episodes in. So... (laughs) I know that some people have been here since the beginning and some people are just finding it. So it's like, whoa, it's a little overwhelming. (laughs) Don't worry. We'll definitely leave that breadcrumb so you can find the first episode. So Amelia, welcome back to the podcast. I'm super happy to have you back. Hey there. How are you? Thank you so much for having me back. (laughs) Of course, of course, of course. And thank you so much for agreeing to come back. So in case there are people who are meeting you for the first time and they did miss our first episode, just give like a little like snippet of what you say to people when they ask you like who are you and what do you do sure and it depends on the day (laughs) Um, (laughs) but yeah I am a marketing consultant for individuals and teams who are experiencing social media social media fatigue Mm. uh they're considering even sometimes uh Instagram exit plan or they really just want a more collaborative way to do marketing and this is marketing in in a way where it's not everything's not on their shoulders. They have partners. They have the strategic partners that we talked about the last time. But this yeah. might look like guest podcasting. It might look like webinar collaborations. It might look like guest speaking. But they want to take a more collaborative approach so that marketing and sales isn't so um, founder and owner driven. Yeah, we've had like so many questions come up about strategic partnerships since the last time we talked. And I even have some questions about strategic partnerships just from some things that I've experienced like locally as I'm starting to um, get more out and network with people and even starting my own meetup of of my own, which we can talk about. So yeah, I'm super excited to dive in today. So for people who don't know, like how would you describe what a strategic partnership is if that's something that people are encountering for the first time as it relates to getting your services out there into your local community? Sure. So it's a loosely defined, it's a mutually beneficial relationship where there are ask and gives on both sides. Um, What that might mean is you are asking something of them, of that person, and they are asking of something of you in return. It's an even exchange or as even as possible exchange. And these Mm -hmm. can look like, of course, referral partners. It could look like somebody who has a community of people that you might serve that they bring in speakers to present to their community. It could look like an affiliate partner where you're actually paying them money based on how many people they send to you. It could Mm -hmm. look like a great many things, but um, as a collaboration partner, um, collaboration consultant, I work with people to figure out pretty much who they're talking to and what they're saying, and just to make sure that that collaboration makes sense for both sides. And there's a framework that I use to help people to figure out if a collaboration makes sense. Um, the more times you go through that framework, the more you'll be able to easier and more quickly see a win-win mutually beneficial collaboration. The goal really is to eventually outsource part of this relationship building, relationship development, so that everything is not falling on the founder. Uh, Because when it comes to growing and scaling and doing something with ease and doing something that you can do for a long time and not get burnt out and want to throw it all away, it's just to make sure that you have the right people 
um, that you're calling the right people in to support you and that once they're called in, they can follow a framework that's not all reliant on you and your brain. And the scale framework is something that can help with that. Yeah. Do you think that you can build an authentic relationship that lasts if you're coming to the table with an ask? And what I'm saying is that a lot of times it feels like when you are intentionally connecting with people um, with the idea that like maybe one day we'll do business together or refer people back and forth. um, For me, it feels like it hasn't worked that way. What has worked better is finding people that like I like what they're doing and the work that they're doing and compliment them and authentically building a relationship and then if the relationship goes well later talking about collaboration it does take longer if I'm going to be completely honest it takes a lot longer but it ends up lasting longer and having like better fruits from the relationship so what are your thoughts on that I've seen both ways work and okay relationship strategic relationship building creating relationships at scale um it really is something or it, it goes under the framework of marketing. Um, it really mm-hmm. is marketing. And anytime you do marketing, it is a science where there are tests and you have to test something and see if it works and see if it's effective mm-hmm. or not effective. Oh, we're going to keep doing this. Oh, well, it looks like, you know, if I look at my past eight referral partners, they're all from this specific industry. Where should I continue to expand and grow more relationships? It might make sense to continue to grow and expand in that industry where you gone back and look at your track record and you just got amazing results there um, Mm -hmm. than to spend a whole lot of time and money opening up a whole new um, area to start to develop relationships in from scratch. It really, I've seen, again, I've seen a lot work and it also depends on you. If you like the approach, if you like the approach where you feel more comfortable to start the conversation around just a mutual connection point. Hey there, how are you? Or, or blah, blah, blah. Just starting a connection based on just a general commonality and then warm up to talk about what each of you guys are doing and what you're working on. And then maybe another conversation number two or three about this and that. That can absolutely work. And I've also seen it work where somebody sends a message to an association that says, hey, I see that you serve women who are considering childbirth, I'm wondering if you've ever had someone to come and speak to your group of women or a group of, um, however you want to say it, about this specific topic, would this topic serve your audience? It, it really depends on who you're reaching out to and you as a person as well, because some things might not feel natural for you and there might be a will, weird energy that you have behind it. And when you have that, then if, yeah, it's not going to come off sounding you know, the way it could sound if you felt more comfortable and confident in yourself. So I can't give a specific, yes, I've always seen this work or no, I've never seen that work because I have seen lots of things work. Okay. Let me ask you this. How do you know how to get into strategic um, relationships and conversations in a way that makes them sustainable and makes them last? Because I do remember like last year I was in a season of my business where I was actively like pursuing like chiropractors and pediatricians and all these things. And next thing I knew I had like eight appointments. I'm bringing like Panera to all these people. We're sitting down at their office. We're having lunch. And then I never hear anything back from them again. And then I don't know how to continue the relationship. And so like, 
effectively like nothing happens and so I know that there has to be like more steps and more things that you do like what do you say like how do you make sure that the relationship lasts then can you give like some tactical advice for those pieces so before we talk about bringing Panera and investing money and energy and time into lots of different relationships I wanted to talk about um, a framework to help you that might help you or someone else make decisions about around which ones we're pursuing and how we're pursuing it. Absolutely. And um, yeah, so the framework is called scale and I, I have it up just to make sure I don't miss any points, but the S stands for scan, scan your personal team and tech capacity to both receive and deliver on a collaboration. And this mm -hmm. is when you think about your gives, like what are you willing to give to somebody and what could that give look like? That would be a, uh, even value exchange, it makes sense for you both. And what are your asks? Like, what are you hoping to gain? And, you know, what are you want, wanting to give? And that might be your expertise. If you don't have an audience or a large platform, that just might be your expertise. Or if you have a significant side audience, it could be exposure to your audience. That could be the exchange. Um, and an example of also like, what is your capacity? It could be financial, you know, buying Panera for how many people? What does your budget look like for that? Um, if it's a collaboration for someone else, say that they are wanting, say that they are requesting that in exchange for them to share you to their audience, they want you to post about the event on your platforms. What does that look like? Does it look like posting three times a day over five different platforms? Just again, scan is like, what is your capacity? C is create boundaries. Um, to make it safe for you both. What are you, again, willing to give to them? What are you asking? And this could be, um, you might be willing to give their audience discounts to your service or maybe like at 5% or 10% or something like that. If that's what it could look like. A, articulate the unique value and alignment that you're willing to give. And this is part of like where your nurturing and keeping in touch will come from. You mentioned after the event, after the presentation, what are you saying to them to keep the relationship going or to um, spark it up again? That comes from the A, articulating your unique value and alignment and, um, and whatnot, and also determining what alignment might look like for you. Like, do you guys share a similar mission? Do you share a similar vibe, audience? What does that look like? And L, leverage resources. These are both current resources that you have or new resources that you need. And E is, and also with that, when you think about leveraging resources, is it the type of partnership that requires a, for, a more formal agreement? And there isn't a checklist to may, help you decide this. These are just things, the scale framework is a framework, again, that I personally take my clients through based on the circumstances that they're working with. And yeah. the more that you go through this framework, the more that you'll be able to quickly evaluate partnerships and also know um, if a partnership didn't go as as you thought, maybe there was a part of the scale framework that that could be improved upon. And okay. oh, and then E, E is evaluate. <laughs> I skipped ahead. E is evaluate. You know, mm -hmm. evaluate your collaborations, your last several, or the one that you're going through now, and um, and then from that we come up with a plan that can support um, support the clients with with the ones with the if we're looking back at their past collaborations that didn't go so well, we use that framework to kind of evaluate, like maybe 
it was this part of the framework that didn't go so well. Or with our next collaborations, let's go back to scale and see what parts that we want to space pay more specific attention to. But it's just a way to start to evaluate, to think about um, before you before and after you go after new partnerships. So, um, okay, yeah, it's, I don't want to give like specific advice because some people might say yes. You, you answered her question, but what about me? I have like another thing. But when you use a framework, it really does help you to be able to start to see like, hmm, maybe there is like this area that I could have um, done something a little different. Okay. What do you suggest to say? Because you sent me a really nice message um, recently that said like your work matters and it was really, really beautiful. And so it re-engaged a conversation with us in a really authentic way. Um, I thought it was really creative and I love the way that that felt. And so do you have advice for what people can say in order to trigger authentic relationships and conversation? So I, on a very regular basis, I want to say quarterly, but I'm, I can be woo as much as I'm about like process and this and create relationships purposefully. I can be a bit woo. And Mm -hmm. so there are people that just come to mind for whatever reason, they just come to mind. And I try on a quarterly basis just to think about the people that I've had conversations with, the people that come top of mind. I try to pick out five because doing more than five, I get overwhelmed and just let yeah. them know that they matter. And specifically why? I mean, if, if my email to you was like, your work matters and and it wasn't specific to what you did and why, um, and I didn't give a reason, that would be odd. So I invite people to just every so often, just like check in with folks who gave them a referral or somebody that's that have, is doing amazing work in some interesting way and just let them know and feel free to use that subject line your work matters but the key is just to make the reason why is specific yeah yeah okay something else that pops up a lot especially now um, with the crazy time that we're living in is people relocating people are relocating for all types of reasons because of jobs because of cost of living um, because of their partner's jobs and so I wanted to ask you if people do have a really solid network where they are and then all of a sudden they're being trans like planted from one part of the country or the world even to another part um, what sort of advice do you have for people um, who are like a little bit overwhelmed maybe with the fact that now they have to start from the ground up building a new ecosystem and a new network and getting new like strategic partners together like it kind of feels like a move for you physically like your home and then also a move for like your business home too so I would love to hear your thoughts on that yeah that's that can be that can be tough, especially for for doulas and other people who offer local local services. And yeah. there's a, I mean, I'll answer your question, and I will start with a quote. There's a quote that says, "Opportunities don't float like clouds in the sky; they're firmly attached to individuals." So if I'm looking for an opportunity, if you're looking for opportunity, you're really looking for a person. So it might be a time to do a in the corporate world this might sound very like cold in a way, but the corporate world as, you know, cold and, you know, not so great of a reputation that they have. Right. 
they do lots of things right when it comes to relationships (laughs) because they get that business is built on relationships. They have official roles where that's the job of the person just to maintain the relationships needed for the business. That's their job. That's the person. That's what the person does 40 hours a week, week after week, Um, maintain all the relationships and account that the company needs. But in any case, um, there's a term there that I invite you to consider how you might use it for your doula business. It's called a database reactivation campaign. And I said it sounded very cold, but think about how you might reactivate the people who already know you with um, a check-in. It might be subject line, hey, just checking in. Um, You know, I noticed whatever you noticed from their LinkedIn profile or not LinkedIn or their Facebook or wherever you follow them on social media, TikTok. Hey, you know, I noticed, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, Just wanted to update, you know, a few people that I recently moved and um, and I am, I don't know if you know of anyone who lives in that I, blah, 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 that I should meet. Um, but as I invite my clients to do is to be super specific in your ask. Um, and there's like a, a weak ask and a strong ask that people can make. Um, okay. Is it okay if I give an example? Yeah, go ahead. So like say, so I'm going to pause on, um, you just relocated. So well, let me lo- close that out. So you just relocated. It might be interesting just to update your network of people who know, like, and trust you already with the fact that you're in a new area and that you're looking to have converse- conversations with people who are local to your new area. Or okay. you can make that ask as specific as you want. Um, I almost would, in this circumstance, invite you to make it a little bit of a broader request because once you start to have conversations with people locally, maybe as you talk to those local people, that conversations with the local person, maybe that can be a little bit more specific. Because like right now, you're just trying to get you know your feelers out into the new area, and you're open to all and any introductions. And then as you start to talk about those to those people, maybe you want to start to narrow that down a little bit more. But a weak request, say you're looking for for support in your business. A, re- a week request looks sounds like I'm looking for a person to call people about my new launch. That's very weak. A stronger request would sound like, hey, I'm looking for enthusiastic people to call female blah, 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 ma- who are making X amount of year who need this specific thing. Um, and then describing like what working with you could look like. They'll be provided with blah, 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 this resources, but they'll be required to demonstrate this and that. So a strong request is a little bit more specific than a weaker one. And another example would be a weak request is I'd like to meet couples who are trying to conceive. That's very weak. That's very general. There's lots of couples who are trying to conceive um, and, and whatnot. A stronger request might sound like, and this is individual based on your your business, what you're working on, what your business objectives are, but a stronger yeah. request would look like, I'm looking for couples interested in, in a specific fertility modality. And you can ask that. Do you know of anyone who might be interested in this? Or, And that could call a specific person to mind. They might say, you know what? Actually, I had a friend who was you know, talking about how they were Googling this or how they're looking at TikTok videos related to this. And I don't even know if this is a thing, but um, if you like talking about it, it might be interesting to talk to my friend. Um, a more that's a, that's a stronger, more specific ask versus I'm looking to meet couples who are trying to conceive. Um, mm-hmm. Does that make sense as well? 
Yeah, yeah. I love that. And thank you so much for giving examples of like what a strong request would include, like who you're talking to a little bit about who they are and what they do that way or how much they make or whatever that looks like and then how you can support them. So that way people know like, oh, okay, this is what I'm thinking of. Let me think in my mind if I know any friends like this and here's what you're able to do for them. So I can make a warm introduction and already know like, oh, they're connecting with you because they would like to provide you with X, Y, Z in order to help you do so and so and so and so. And so the connection is much stronger too in that way where the person can make that between you and their friends. So yeah, or whoever it is in their network that they're connecting you to. So yeah, I absolutely love that. Love it, love it. Any other advice for like, what to say or like um, the type of request that you want to put out there when you are making requests and kind of where to do that? Sure. So I, in the last conversation, and I'm, I'm sure you'll link to this, but I talked about a book that's helpful with figuring out your messaging and, um, and yes, absolutely read that book, but it's a book. <laughs> so you may not have like, you may want something shorter and sweeter. And there's a very simple story framework that's super helpful to position the what you're saying. And we'll talk about who you're saying it to. But the what you're saying essentially open with a problem. As humans, when there's like a problem or an accident or some drama that happens, we turn our head and look. We're curious. We're interested. So if you yeah. want people to be curious and interested in you and what you say, always open with a problem. I have a client who used this in a networking event. We were working together um, doing the uh, less marketing, more impact intensive. And during that intensive, we have messaging and we went and we got her one liner thing to say. And she went to a networking event and sure enough, someone was curious, someone wanted to know, learn more, but it sounds like this essentially, um, many fill in the blank of who you serve struggle with or are worried about, or have been disappointed by. So you open with a problem and then you start with a solution and that might start out with, so I created, so I discovered, so I, um, that's why I offer. Um, and again, nobody really cares, just to be fully you know, transparent, no one really cares about what you do um, until you can put it into a context of why it matters. And the why it matters comes from a problem. <laughs> so that's why it's really important to open up with a problem. And then you go in the solution, what you do, because people will care now, like, oh my, that's a problem. How does that end? What does, you know, tell me more. And then mm -hmm. I do this and then paint a picture of happy ending. Um, because once we know of, um, what you offer, sometimes we can be like, okay, lovely next. But when you paint the story of the problem, the solution, and the happy ending that people can look forward to, it just does something in our brain when we start to think, you know, I wonder, I wonder if I know of anyone who, who deserves to have this happy ending or that can be served by this happy ending or who's struggling with this problem so that they can get to that happy ending. So problem, solution, happy ending. And mm -hmm. as far as like where you're having these conversations, I invite people to think about where are their best referral partners hanging out because yes, you can go to places where your best buyers are hanging out. It's just, there's just more relationship development, more nurturing that has to go into warming and converting a, a cold, cold interest and a, a cold individual, a new person to you, to mm -hmm. a client. There's just more work that has to be done with that. Then goes into somebody who's been referred to you. 
and that referral partner has already in a way done the work of nurturing and warming you know them up typically it's just easier to get somebody who's been referred to you to sign up than somebody who just has never heard of you at all and there's numbers out there if you if one wanted to get into the nerdiness of the stats related to this reach out to me i'm on instagram is talk the number to amelia <laughs> i can send you it's people have literally studied this up and down like of you know cold they call it in the business and corporate world cold leads versus referral leads like what is more effective and you know yes the the facebook ad machine is absolutely something that can work um when set up and done well, when directed to a place that makes sense, but relationships still need to be nurtured. And if you aren't necessarily strong with writing the emails that will nurture that relationship, or if you aren't necessarily strong with having those sales conversations with the cold people who found you by way of Facebook, and now they're on your phone, if that's not a strong point, no worries, definitely go to where your referral partners might be. Okay. Love it. Love it. Any other tips you want to give or um, anything you want to say that we didn't get an opportunity to say or that I didn't ask yet? So I have a podcast episode called The Opportunity Finder Role and Outsourcing Sales. That might be interesting and serve your audience. I will give okay. you links to those to um, put in your, in your um, show notes. But essentially, the weight of revenue generation, the weight of sales, the weight of marketing does not need to fall on the shoulders of the CEO or founder. It really doesn't. Um, and that's not how corporations scale or grow. Um, in fact, a sign of a a sign of company health is like of the interest of the sales that are coming in, how many of those are solely reliant on the leadership? Because, you know, say somebody from leadership decides to go somewhere else. Well, half of the bit of the companies shrivel up. They need to know that there are sources of revenue coming in that aren't entirely dependent on um, the two hands and physical activity of the founder. So how else is revenue being generated or revenue in streams coming to you or people finding you? Is it solely because of the work of your own two hands? Or are there other people supporting that? And just something for people to think about. Um, but I have, like I said, a podcast episode called The Opportunity Finder Role in You and um, and Outsourcing Sales. And that might be like down the road. People are like, you know what? I'm just getting into it. I'm just getting started. But it's nice to begin with the end in mind and see what could be possible if you ever have any desire of um, getting support in that way. Love that. Okay, I'll make sure to link that in the description and tell everybody the name of your podcast and anywhere else that they can find you on live. I know online. I know you said uh, talk to Amelia, but um, are there any other platforms that you wanted to share with people? Yeah, so I am very active over on LinkedIn. I'm talking about a completely other subject on LinkedIn. I use that more for my professional and day job stuff. So you might see a lot of um, customer success and healthcare and all that stuff over there. But um, talk the number two, Amelia, I do share um, marketing stuff. And um, my podcast is called Confident Collaborations, <laughs> um, the Confident Collaborations podcast. So yeah, I look forward to connecting. And if you guys are hearing this, please and know somebody that can be served, please share this with them. Um, please forward it to them, be a good steward of your network and um, or screenshot and tag me. I'm happy to reply. And if you have um, any questions, yeah, feel free to reach out. 
Love it. Thank you so much for coming back to the podcast. I really, really appreciate you and the work that you're doing to make sure that people are able to grow their business and grow their impact um, in their local and global community. So thank you so much. And we will see you guys in the next episode of the podcast next week. Bye for now.